Welcome to a Christmas special of Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. We've got an eclectic array of guests today, from dad course leaders to brand new comedians chasing their dreams. And we even have Dean Harrington of Quizface coming in to provide us with some Quizmas cheer. So get your pens and paper out ready for that. Adventure Club is 14 months this month. That means if this show was a human baby, it might be able to wave or even walk unsupported. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's time to get silly. Let's start off by talking with Dave Perrin of The Dad Course. We have Dave Perrins on the show today and he has brought something that's very much needed into the world and that is the dad course. Now I watched his TED talk earlier, his TEDx Brighton talk on the journey into fatherhood and it was a very inspiring conversation around how fathers so often need a little bit more help in their journey into becoming a parent. Dave, how are we doing? I'm doing good, thank you Billy. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you doing? Great, thank you. It's good to have you on the show. I'm really intrigued by your dad course business that you have. I would love to know a little bit about how you came to start the business. Yeah so I guess there's two ways really to answer that question. So the first thing is so I had my first child in 2014 so I had a son my partner and I had a son Mm -hmm. and basically having him was amazing it was great but in the first week we had a really intense week of it and my wife was in hospital she wasn't very well Mm -hmm. and really for that first week I had to do a lot of the sort of childcare responsibilities so I was changing nappies um, learning how to feed him how to sustain him how to do everything really and the midwives in the hospital just showed me how to do everything um, which was a really great start to parenting life although you know we didn't want to be in hospital we didn't want my wife to be ill it for me it was a great learning experience and it basically sort of set me up on a springboard to be a really equal parent with my partner and to be able to care for my son how I wanted to be able to so on the back of that it sort of felt like chatting to other dads who I knew new dads they didn't know a lot of this stuff or they didn't feel supported or they had the information they needed to really do what they wanted to do or be the sort of dad they wanted to be so really that that was the main driver really coming out of that to think actually everyone should know this stuff and everyone should have a bit of extra support and take some time to think through what it's going to be like so on a personal level that was definitely like a big driving factor for me and then I guess on the flip side of that like I, my background's in youth work and community work and work with so many young people where you think okay we can do great work with you as a young person but actually like you're going back to a family that's a tricky difficult bit of a mess at times wouldn't yeah. it be great if we could do something with the parents and get in there early and help them and support them before this stuff becomes a problem so that for the good of the parents but also for the good of all the the kids really wow so you're really thrown into the deep end there then oh yeah yeah it was full on so yeah we uh it was basically like you know we we had my son at home it was great the birth was you know went it was long but it went really smoothly but within a couple of hours it was like it was absolute chaos and it just it was a pretty crazy situation to be honest you know going into hospital and thinking you know my son wasn't that well my wife wasn't well I remember yeah. just being like, what is going on? But actually, you know, it was it was full on. But we look back on it now and everything went well. My son was healthy. My partner came through yeah. it fine. And um, yeah, and I just got a happy, healthy son now. And that's all, all you really ever want, isn't it? 
Yeah, amazing. In your TED talk, you introduce Len, who mm. was your grandpa. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he he ended up rearing his kids, your dad and his brother, single handedly. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that for those who haven't seen your TED talk. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, I guess that's sort of rooted in my own story and my own experience of fatherhood as well. So my dad's mum died when he was quite young. I think it was about 12 when his his mum died. Basically, my granddad was left with a choice of what does he do with the kids. And it, it, my granddad's just sort of, he's just a normal bloke from a small town in England. And yeah. he, was a, he was an electrician. He he lived in a council house. It was the 50s. You know, it's, it's not the sort of thing that men used to do, taking care of their kids. Mm-hmm. And there was quite a lot of pressure to be like, like, he got offered like a sponsored place at boarding school for my dad and his brother as like a, you know, a sort of a, a sympathy sort of thing. You know, you're struggling, you haven't got your wife's not around and he had to choose what to do and he basically decided that he would raise my dad and his brother himself and and take that caring responsibility on alongside work so for those days that was pretty out there (laughs) and um but he did an amazing job of it and really like my dad his brother my uncle and my granddad they were super close my granddad was able to look after them care for them raise them and you know it's always gonna be painful losing a parent isn't it as for my dad and it's always a difficult experience but something that could have been a lot worse and a lot more of a scarring experience and had a lot more long-term impact on them actually didn't and just a great role model really of a, of a, of a granddad slash dad and that then passed down to my dad who you know he again you know he's a lorry driver he's a practical guy um but brilliant dad and and just always showed care and love for me and that's all you can ever ask for really yeah I was gonna say that your um your granddad Len looking after your dad single-handedly something that's quite I guess kind of an unusual story for the time in terms of the sort of father role taking on that responsibility and you're sort of saying about how that's affected your dad do you think that that has had a bit of a ripple effect on on you then in terms of what you're doing now with the dad course yeah I mean a hundred percent I mean I feel like at the end of the day we're just all sort of a byproduct of our stories in in one way or another and I think you know, I wouldn't necessarily say when I was setting it up, that was a conscious part of the process. But actually, at the same time, I feel like, you know, I've always been loved. I've had really positive male role models in my life in terms of my dad and my granddad. And I know the difference that that's made for me. And then I put that up next to people who have had difficult experiences with their dads or dads who just have disappeared or who haven't been able to do the sort of job that you would want a dad to do. And I think, I've seen how much damage that's done. And I think, you know, this stuff does pass down. I really believe that actually, you know, if you are well cared for, if you don't experience trauma, if you have people that you can turn to and trust in your life as a child, that does have a huge knock-on effect. And I think there's all sorts of evidence and neuroscience and stuff behind that as well. But but that is the reality, I think. And so I think for me, having had that sort of nurturing, safe upbringing from both my mum and my dad, but... um, it set a, an example to me of of a male caring role, which isn't something we see a lot of. You know, it's there's still a lot of old traditional and sort of inverted commas thinking of like mums are there to care, dads are there to work, and that is changing bit by bit. But actually, if you look at like the actual statistics, it's still overwhelming. Like women are expected to be the main carer, plus if they want to do their career, they have to do that and juggle it all and take on the responsibilities of the household. Like that is still unfortunately the way things are, and and that's not good for mums. It's not good for women. It's it's not good for kids. And yeah, I think it's really important to change that. It's a really good point you make there. I was going to ask actually why why you think dads are often left clueless till till like it's very late. I know that there are antenatal courses, etc. But do you think there's something that mums have that dads don't? 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of innately what we have, I really believe that like men and women are equal in so many different ways. And like, I think there's traditionally, obviously, you know, you go back to the 50s beyond whatever, it's like that classic image of the the housewife and, and the man who goes to work and turns back up home. And, you know, that's that's a traditional image in terms of what a relationship looks like, even in being a like a male to female relationship and mm-hmm. and the dynamic that would be going on there and stuff. But I think that we've still got quite a big hangover from all of that stuff. I, I feel like there, there needs to be more support for guys. I think it's brilliant. There's so much support for women. That's so important. Like having a baby is super full on. And of course, the majority of that attention needs to and should go to mum. But I think it, I find it surprising that like given the evidence of what a huge difference a supportive partner can make to mum, mm. how there isn't more emphasis put on or, or any emphasis put on support for partners. So, you know, for some for some partners, they will never attend like an appointment or a check in. They'll never get asked, how are you doing? They'll mm. never be sort of invited to get the support that they need. And that's something that they have to proactively go out and seek. And sometimes it's not even available. So I just think just starting to do a bit more and to say, hey, like, why don't we think through what this is going to be like for you? How can you be supportive? How can you play an active, positive role? I think those are the sort of things that for me, I feel like we're just beginning with that stuff. But I think all of the evidence shows that actually if you support partners, then everyone's going to be better off for that. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I really think that's a great point. Um, There's a nice quote on your website, testimonial from somebody who's taken one of your dad courses, which is a four-part course for dads and dads-to-be. And they have said, the dad course is excellent and completely different to other antenatal courses. I'd love Mm. to know what you can say about that. Yeah, so I think there's a few different things. So obviously, I did an antenatal course with my partner, and it was great, like strongly recommend an antenatal course to anyone who's expecting. But it was very much focused on the birth and what that's going to look like. And there was a bit about breastfeeding, but primarily it was about the birth. And obviously, like when you're expecting, the birth is a huge mountain that's in front of you that's hard to see around. I think, you know, what happens on day one, day two, day three, what happens at the end of the second month, I think that stuff isn't addressed as much. And so we focus in on, we do talk about the birth um, and how you can be supportive, but we focus in quite a lot on, you know, what happens after the birth? How can you support then? How can you help someone recover from birth? And, and really not just, you know, partly that's physical, but also emotionally. And how can your, what, what, what might your relationship look like after a couple of months of no sleep and and it's very like don't pull any punches it's totally honest we don't beat around the bush in terms of you know it's going to be hard it's going to be full on but actually you know here's some ways that you can you can do it so there's quite a focus on that stuff and also I think because it's designed so basically it's really the course that I would have liked to have attended and I think um, this is a stereotype it's definitely a generalization but I think you know a lot of guys don't necessarily find it easy to talk about some of this stuff of like how are you really doing and when things are really hard can you share it and so there's also quite an emphasis on that of like let's just be honest about what this is going to be like about you know if you're struggling with your mental health or your well-being like and we just don't we're just honest and I think that that makes such a big difference in terms of getting a bunch of guys either in a room or at the moment we're doing it online and you know to, to have that conversation or to share stories to say you know when I had a kid, I was really depressed. Or when I had a kid, our relationship looked like a mess for a long time. And, you know, I think just talking about that stuff and and thinking it through, even if you've not got any sort of solutions as such, just being able to talk about it, I think is massive. Um, and it just reduces that sense of isolation of like, why is my relationship struggling? Or why do I feel low? Or 
why does my partner seem to be struggling? I think it's just trying to normalize some of those experiences. So we're trying to look a bit sort of beyond, we look at the birth, but we try to look beyond that and really think about more holistically about like, okay, what does it look like for you to be the dad you want to be, to be the support to your partner you want to be and all that that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you talk a little bit there about, you know, mutual support and mental health support with being a parent and being a dad particularly. And yeah. another thing on your website, um, a testimonial, is it's great to have solidarity with other dads-to-be, um, mm. which is kind of what you're talking about there. I mean, what what's the most common fear or worry, do you think, amongst dads that dads sort of seem to share in your courses? Yeah, great question. I mean, there's there's a bunch of different stuff that, that springs to mind. I think, interestingly, one of the things I hear a lot is I hear a lot of guys say something along the lines of I've got a lot of fears or a lot of worries or a lot of anxieties or just I'm a bit unsure but I don't really feel like I'm able to talk about it because my partner's going through so much with the pregnancy she's growing the baby she's doing you know she's doing all this stuff and it's really intense and full-on for her so I don't want to be a burden and I don't want to sort of put myself out there as having any sort of struggles or worries so in a weird way I think that one sort of underpins it all and guys I think it's what we offer is a bit of an invitation to to share those things. So I think that is a big thing of feeling like they they can't or that they shouldn't talk about how they're they're really doing or what they're worried about. But I guess practically speaking, you know, quite a lot of guys just <laughs> come along saying, you know, I've never held a baby before, I've never put a nappy on a baby before, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Um, other people say, you know, I'm I'm worried that we'll get to the birth and I'll just be like stood there like a lemon and not have a clue what's going on and, and how I help. And, and I think it's just those quite often those quite practical things of, you know, how am I going to cope with a, looking after a baby? How am I going to cope with a lack of sleep? And yeah. um, I think it's just giving space to talk about that stuff just does make such a big mm. difference. Mm. You came from um, a, a place of having quite a lot of experience as a parent, you know, through this whole process of starting the dad course and creating this space of support for other men. What do you think has been the most surprising thing that you've learned on this whole journey? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I mean, I've learned a lot. I think the thing that I come back to more and more is that actually, when I first set it up, I thought it was about how to teach people to change nappies and how to dress babies and burp babies. And, and that stuff does matter. But I think the more I come back to it, the more I think like actually the things that we really want as people is like fundamentally we don't want to be alone you know we want community we want to be able to share what we're going through we don't want to be isolated um and i think i more and more i come back to that as as both on a personal level and in terms of what i do in my work is that just to remember that it's easy to sort of think about all of the practical stuff and to be like okay how do we fix this problem or how do we address this or how do we teach that more and more i come back to this thing of like actually it's like how are you doing as a person how am i doing as a person and i think it's easy to get distracted with running projects and being busy and trying to get people to come and all these different things but i think one of the things that i learn more and more is actually it's about connection and building connections between me and others and building connections for others and I think yeah that might sound I don't know if that sounds a bit wishy-washy but I feel like it's easy to get busy and I think actually if you're connecting with people the people that you're with and that could be yeah, it could be my kids it could be the people on the course I think if you're doing that bit of it well mm. then I think everything else follows yeah absolutely and I think what you said there about connection is very poignant we're coming to the end of our chat time is running out I'm afraid Dave um it's gone so fast how many dads do you think you've helped um so we're definitely into the hundreds we're definitely over 200 I'd say right now we're between 200 and 300 um 
and that's guys who have attended the course but like my hope is that in the years to come I really want to well, obviously to help more people but also I, I, I'm really interested in you know based on what I've talked about trying to do something for guys who are not just expecting but people who are in the first couple of years of fatherhood building networks for people building community and giving people a chance to talk and I think there's a massive need for that as well so my hope is you know within a year or two we'll be talking about thousands rather than hundreds but yeah really at the same time not trying to minimize what I've done it feels like pretty amazing and very cool to have been able to help well there'll be a lot of listeners I'm sure who are very intrigued by your dad course and perhaps would like to find out a bit more where can they go to do so yeah that'd be great I mean so the best place to find out more is our website which is www.thedadcourse.com and there's some information on there we've just launched a new version of the online course which is pretty cool which we're pretty proud of so you can um, have a look at that but um, equally we are on Instagram we're on Facebook so you know if you want to just say hi always love to hear from people if you've got a question you don't want to come on the course you've just got a question again happy to do that so come and find us and um yeah we'd love to hear from you dave perrin thanks so much for coming into the studio to talk to us today make sure that those listening check out the dad course on the dadcourse.com if they're interested in help with becoming a parent thanks dave thanks so much thanks billy cheers 97.2 fm Oh, Dave Perrin, what an absolute joy he is. Check out the dad course online or find it on Instagram under the very same name. Now it's Christmas time and you're in for a treat as we talk to comedian Lillian Belly about her experience throwing caution to the wind and following her dreams to get out there and reach stand-up fame. And stay tuned for a Christmas quiz delivered hot out of the oven by the quiz maker and question maker Dean Harrington of Quizface. Get your thinking caps out of your hat boxes and are ready for that one a little bit later on. But first, let's talk to Lillian. So we have Lillian Belly on the show. Lillian Belly is a friend I made in Totnes when I was living there pre-pandemic. I don't actually remember the first time we met. Do you remember the first time we met Lillian? Um, the first time we met, I think, was at Trevor Locke's Community Circle show. Oh, which it? is a comedy night. Yeah, he came Very down fitting from for what we're about yes. to talk about. It was actually, that was the catalyst for the change in my life, actually him coming down and doing that show. Well, let's talk about that. So Lillian Belly has come into the show to talk to us about her blossoming comedy <laughs> career. Um, and as we know, everyone who's listening, who's listened before, Billy Elliot's Adventure Club is all about trying new things to make life better and enhance our own individual experiences. So I thought I'd get Lillian on to talk a little bit about how she got into comedy and what she's up to now. But Lillian, let's start from the beginning. You started by just telling us there that we met at a comedy show, which helped you to really transform your understanding of what you wanted to do with yourself tell us more okay well actually it started a bit before that basically I quit my job in uh, July 2018 because I was like I want to perform I want to be a dancer I want to be creative had a bit of a crisis and I looked for some kind of acting course and I found a stand-up course in Bristol for six weeks that was doable from where I was living in Devon. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. So it was never really my passion to be a stand-up. And then I realised, actually, I, I can do this. Um, so I did that and then I didn't do anything for a year. And then I started doing The Artist's Way, which is life-changing and I recommend it wholeheartedly mm. to anyone who wants to make a change in their lives in a creative way. The Artist's Way is a book by Julia Cameron and it's kind of like a self-taught 
course so it's 12 weeks and you follow a chapter each week and you do the activities as she suggests and it just kind of unlocks you if you have creative aspirations but you are blocked in some way or scared or don't think you can do it and it also challenges you to do small things achieve goals I ended up singing a cappella at an open mic night I started doing stand-up again a year after I'd done the course I just went to another open mic and just chatted and then then there was that comedy show uh, where we met where a comedian Trevor Locke came down from London and did a, it's like a spontaneous but also has a formula it's a genius concept a comedy show which is involves a lot of audience participation and it was just so inspiring and I suddenly thought I I could do this like this is this is my kind of thing and I ended up doing classes online with him while sort of a comedy writing workshops over lockdown and then another thing that he does called reality games which just unlocked a whole other load of creativity in me and I have now moved to London like a freak um in (laughs) in my very late 30s oh yeah I'll just start again I'll leave the paradise that is Devon um and move to Seven Sisters in London um, <laughs> you're good at that though aren't you you're good at finding new lives and things yeah I keep doing it to myself and each time I do it I'm like oh this is harder than last time I, pros- I probably won't do this again and then and then I do it's, it sounds a bit like you're the sort of person who goes for what they want in life and follows their <laughs> dreams um I would say yes on the bigger scale like I make massive kind of life-changing decisions like black and white right leaving this behind doing this you've moved to a completely new space you've been there yeah. what a few months and you've already got a loads of gigs lined up for comedy performing performing yeah. in different spaces around london i mean <laughs> why why do you do that like most people would be completely terrified to do to do a comedy set um stand up in front of people what what is it that makes you want to do that Oh, Billy, it's the laughter. (laughs) I don't know. It's I love I love entertaining people and I love I love laughing. And there's nothing more wonderful than laughing with other people. Also, I have this thing called perfectionism, or I'd like to say I had because I'm so working on it. And I a friend of mine. Um, who you also know, Laurie, he's such a good guy for, oh, you might like this, or, oh, this, I heard this and thought of you. He sent me a podcast with a comedian whose name I can't remember. Um, so sorry. But she talked about how she got into stand-up as a cure for perfectionism, and I was like, yep, got to just do it. Because, you know, it, you're going to fail. Like, there's no way that you're going to get up every time and just kill. And that's an <laughs> industry term for do really well. Yeah. <laughs> Using all the lingo now, Billy. Yeah, I can hear. You're practically a professional. Um, <laughs> all I've got to do is get paid for a gig. Yeah. yeah. How has it been going? You know, you've been doing a lot of free gigs. Uh, Tell me about that process. How is it feeling at the moment? Um, it's I'm really enjoying it because a friend of mine gave me the best advice ever in capital letters in a card before I left Devon and it was just have fun and I just remember that every time because you do get a bit worried like, oh what if that doesn't work or what order am I going to do it in or what if the crowd isn't quite on my side and it's like just have 
fun and mm. so I've been having a lot of fun with it the first gig I did so I'm doing bringers at the moment the bringer circuit is sort of the first level where mm-hmm. <clears throat> you have to bring someone with you mm-hmm. and they stay the whole night and so to create the kind of atmosphere and make a night of it for everybody there performing. Nice. and um, the first one I went to was so funny because basically I went I went as someone's bringer and I was like this is great I'm gonna do one of his nights so I emailed the MC and I said I could do this date this date this date and then forgot about it and then he got back to me the day before the first date that I suggested and was like, right, you're in for that date, that day, and that day. First one being the next day. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have anything. Like I had <laughs> I have hours and hours and hours of material that I'd written over lockdown doing this writing workshop with Trevor, mm-hmm. but nothing that could be sort of zeroed into a five minutes that I would know well enough for the next day. So I spent the whole day the next day writing it up and trying to get five minutes and sort of having it sorted but having a few notes on a piece of paper and mm-hmm. and then went along to this gig and my picture wasn't up on the wall and he'd forgotten about me oh. so he basically put me on at the very end of the first half so there was, had literally been 18 comedians wow. doing five minutes before me he introduced me without saying my name properly like I said to him do you remember my name he was like yeah 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 and then he didn't remember my name and he just kind of went (laughs) (laughs) and so I got up to that intro and I'm just everything went out of my head Mm. and I was like hi everyone I managed uh to make people laugh for the entire time I was up there but I was just like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. Nothing is in my head. And I was like, can I, he'd already like totally ripped someone apart for using the notes on their phone earlier on. So I was like, can't use my notes, can't use my notes. But in the end I was like, Kyle, please can I check my notes? (laughs) In a way it was a disaster, but it was also, it was fun. Mm. And I made people laugh the whole time. Mm. And the next time I went up, I was much more prepared that's quite anyway. a roller coaster day then isn't it it's kind of like an up and down ride really it can be what i'm noticing at the moment is that i'm getting a real buzz a real high from the gig so i'm doing maybe two or three a week so that's three nights a week plus i do improv on another night which is also a really big buzz and then the next day in the mornings i actually i do feel a little bit bereft I mean, I've got a lot going on, but I have noticed that I'm like, I come home at like near close to midnight, just like, boom, I am on this. I'm smashing life. I'm just so full of ideas. I'm so funny. I love people. This is great. (laughs) This is great. And then in the morning, I'm like, I'm so tired and I don't have a job and I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it must be like a chemical balance, like as in you're just like so high <laughs> that you have to come down, you know, and like balance yeah. that out. And how? How can I balance that out other than be mediocre? Mm. Like mediocre by night, balanced by day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of, yeah, the point of comedy, I guess, you've got to push yourself a lot, eh? So I guess yeah. part of the reason that we're talking is because it's an opportunity for people to listen who maybe have some kind of dream that they're putting off or they haven't really stepped into for some reason or another. I'd love to know if you have any, any advice for those people who maybe are a bit scared or putting off wanting to try what they really feel um, they have to contribute to the world. Do it. 
<laughs> just do it. <laughs> no, I, I do have advice for them, but actually it comes from Confident Jane. She's one of my uh, characters, or should, should I say alter egos. <laughs> um, she is very confident and her advice would be just love yourself. Just do it. Get a grip. You're wasting your life. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> but um, on, a, on a more uh, real note, I would say that it, it is actually about the, the worst thing that can happen is that you can fail. But when you fail and pick yourself up, you've actually succeeded. Oh, my God. Whoa. 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 And actually, it doesn't, it doesn't kill you. Like, I have done one gig here where it felt like I was just entertaining in inverted commas a silent room of disappointment. Oh, no. Yeah, it was a it was a, a bringer gig that I was a bringer for someone else who I hadn't met before. We there was an exchange group on Facebook where you can be each other's bringers because mm. that's necessary sometimes because your friends get a bit fed up of being like another comedy night. No. But anyway, <laughs> and I, and I went to it and it was like a small room there were hardly anyone hardly any people there. So it was a small room and there were hardly any people there and it was mostly comedians who had their own stuff that they were thinking about. And and I stood up and I delivered what had made people laugh on four or five separate occasions. And there was kind of possibly some titters here and there, but like no oh, audible wow. laughter. There was this guy right in the middle of the room. Like, he was a big guy, arms folded across his chest, just staring at me like <laughs> face of thunder, like so unimpressed. What was he doing there? I don't know. I thought, okay, this guy must be a seasoned comedian who's here to do some new material. He's possibly the headliner and he's just totally unimpressed with this woman getting up and making jokes about incest. And, um, <laughs> and he wasn't even a bringer, let alone a comedian. At some point in the evening, he just left the room. So he'd come to the pub for a drink. Oh, wandered wow. into this comedy night and then sat there intimidating everyone with the microphone. Oh my <laughs> like, everybody died. Cause, and it really did show me as well that laughter is contagious. Like, yeah, if people aren't laughing out loud, you're not laughing out loud. So when I go to bringer nights, whether I'm there to, to perform or to just be a bringer, I always do my best to like laugh wholeheartedly um if I find something funny because a, a, like a <laughs> that was funny is not helpful to anyone <laughs> yeah yeah that must have been so stressful how did you feel after that one well uh, it was it was an interesting feeling definitely it, it was a moment of like oh I haven't got this this isn't that easy but it was also it helped I sat down just feeling like sick basically mm -hmm. and then a friend of mine got up and did his and he's a, like a one-liner guy and he's been doing it for years and he was there to just have a bit of practice before a paid gig that he had the mm -hmm. next week and he got all flustered and and basically messed up loads and, and was delivering things badly and died up there as well and I realized then oh it's the room it is the room yeah. and it's not that I'm not funny it's just mm -hmm. this moment this room these people and then the effect that it then has on you because if you don't think that someone gets your joke or found it funny you lose confidence in yourself and then you come across differently and the jokes don't land yeah of course it's so much about the audience it's really interesting and I, obviously that's not always in your control what's the joke about incest i'm so i want to know okay so i i introduce myself i say i'm my name because everybody always goes well from the first time when he went lily i was like okay my name's a thing 
And then the next time he introduced me, he was like, Lillian Belli. And I was like, okay, so my name's Lillian Belli. It's Italian. Um, and it's uh, it's an adjective. It means beautiful in the masculine plural, which is ironic um, because my brother's a minger. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, he's not, he's not, he's not really a minger. He, um, he's actually, he's actually gorgeous um, and intelligent and kind and like sexy like he's no he, he's really no he's honestly he's really fit like if, if you weren't gay you would totally fancy him <laughs> honestly I mean I I don't fancy him I don't fancy him he's not my type but if even if I did though what would be wrong with that I mean like who here who in this room who in this conversation has not looked at one of their siblings and thought I wish you were my cousin <laughs> And then I'm like, oh no, my mum would be so upset with this joke. She'd be like, Lillian, it's not funny and it's not clever. I'm like, well, actually, mum, it is quite funny. People are laughing. And it is clever because like Einstein, who was a genius, married his first cousin. Wow. So, you know, he thought it was clever. He didn't call it incest. He didn't call it incest, though. He called it special relativity. (laughs) (laughs) Also, another very clever man, Darwin. Married his first cousin. Wow. And he called it natural selection. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> That's a really witty comedy, though, Lillian. That's oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, for anyone who's listening, um, I think we should close off with a little memory, the trip down memory lane. Really a gem of a memory. Us going into a very quiet, quiet pub in a very small town in Devon called Totnes and absolutely screaming the pub down. And Lillian wasn't even doing a comedy set then. We were just we were just having a nice evening out. And I think yeah. probably... Just laughing in a corner. Yeah, if it was a three, the three little pigs, we would have blown the pub down by that point. <laughs> lucky that it was made out of bricks. Um, but yeah, there's nothing like there's nothing like half a bottle of mead in a, in a lonely Devon town to get <laughs> <laughs> that mead went a long way. <laughs> it did. I think it stretched over two nights. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, right. Yeah, and the second night was pretty full of hilarity as well. If I recall, we did, rolling we... around on my bedroom floor, I think reading, we... reading my diaries. I think yeah, I think we spoke about COVID the first half of the month. <gasps> As if it was just a passing cold, you know. It was before yeah. we found out that we'd have to go in lockdown just by a few weeks. Really, we had no, we had no idea what was coming for us. Um, didn't see it coming, did we? Really, um, no. but yeah, Lillian Burley, it's been amazing to have you on the show. We have run out of time. I'm so sad to say. Oh no! I know. I don't know if this is going to carry me through to the end of the day. <laughs> I need more of a fix. Are you going to get? Yeah, you're going to have a big low now and a big crash. And... <laughs> I might even cry. Ah. It's fine. I've got a gig tonight. Do you remember that time when you said to me, oh, "I said I was having a really good day," and you said, "Oh, you're gonna have a really rubbish day tomorrow." Yeah, tomorrow's gonna be hard for you, babes. But <laughs> hang on in there. Oh, I love it, Lillian. It's such a, such a joy as always. Yeah. I'm wishing you well. I hope that your um, emotional crash is gentle with you on this occasion. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. I'm sure it will be. I've got lots on the to-do list. I've got no time for for moping. <laughs> Amazing. (laughs) Good luck with that list. Thank you, lovely. It's been great to talk to you. (laughs) 97.2 FM. Radio Reverb.
Lillian Belly never fails to surprise me with her risque and incredibly witty humour. Massive good luck to her following her dreams, though I feel quite sure she doesn't need it. You are listening to Billy Elliot's Adventure Club on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM. Or for those who've tuned in online, I hope you're having a nice day too, whether you're in the office or in the car or at home. Whatever you're doing, you deserve a nice break. Come on, it's Christmas, and what better way to enjoy ourselves than with some Christmas cheer? Here's Dean Harrington with some Christmas questions to delight us all. Merry Christmas, everyone. We've got Dean Harrington on the show. Very exciting we've brought him back because um, he was very kind after our last chat last month in offering to give us a bit of Christmas cheer. How are you doing, Dean? Merry Christmas, as I would say <laughs> in the Christmas world. <laughs> it's Christmas. I can't read it. Maybe for copyright reasons and um, <laughs> Slade, they might be upset that I've slightly changed it. Uh, maybe not. I'm not too sure. But yeah, thank you for having me back. It's awesome. Dean has brought some quiz, quiz love to the, to the radio station this Christmas. So Dean, how many questions have you got for us today? Well, Biddy, I've got three questions for you. Three questions, three Christmas questions. We are very lucky to have Dean Harrington in. Yeah. Take yeah. it away, Dean. <laughs> it's made it sound like you. I agreed with the fact that you were, you were very lucky to have me here. So question number one, <laughs> you were like, yeah, we're very lucky to have you, Dean. I was like, yeah. I was like, that didn't mean that. I was just agreeing with what you were saying. <laughs> That, that I would much prefer it if you were being genuine because I think it's good to realise your worth in this world. You say that, it's like he's already had one reroad video, he's on the second time, he's got a bit of an ego with him, hasn't he? I mean, like... <laughs> or just you wait until I have you back in for January as well. <laughs> so, anyway, do you want to start with number one? Indeed. So, number one is a mathematical question, it's called the 12 days of quiz maths. <laughs> quiz maths, I should say. So, yeah, I've got, I've got a question. My first question for you is the 12 days of quiz maths. Get your pens and pens. Keep it ready, everyone. <laughs> Get your pigs in blankets ready. So, no, basically, it's, um, yeah, the 12 days of Christmas. So, basically, this is where um, I take some days from the 12 days of Christmas and I make a maths equation out of those 12 days of Christmas that actually equal to another day of Christmas. So, for example, if I was to say, take some turtle, turtle doves and add some French hens, what day of Christmas would that be, Billy? Oh, interesting. So two turtle doves, three French hens. So that'd be five gold rings. Five gold, right. That is correct. Yeah, there we go. So here is your equation. If you took some drummers drumming minus some ladies dancing, then you take that total and you add some maids milking. What day of Christmas would that equal from the 12 days of Christmas? What a question. We're going to give you some time to think about that. The drummer's drumming minus ladies dancing plus the maids are milking. Mm. What number and day of Christmas does that give you? We'll be putting on a bit of Christmas music for you now while you have a think. <laughs> Christmas. Da, 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 da. Christmas. Da, 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 da. Christmas. You know, that kind of thing. I think a very nice voice, by the way. And I think you should just oh, do that throughout. It's like we can't afford the Christmas music, so we're just going to have me. <laughs> <laughs> luckily we have got licensing to put yes. on i think any song we want as long as it's not rude oh yeah uh, which is mostly most of the christmas songs and yeah, not so. or not all of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy to sing them if that's what you want dean
Question one. Let's let's give the um, audiences the answer to question one. So, yeah. So if you took 12 drummers drumming and then you minus nine ladies dancing and mm. you took that total and you added or plus or plus eight maids of milking, it would equal 11 pipers piping. To be honest, I think when it gets past about seven or eight, I have no idea which yeah. is which. It's five gold rings <laughs> usually for me. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, five gold rings. Yeah, five gold rings. Four gold rings. I know, it goes backwards, doesn't it? What yeah, is easy. it? You know what? I actually would have found that really difficult if it was in a real quiz. Um, <laughs> but I hope people are not put off because um, <laughs> Dean is actually quite famous for providing questions for all. Yes. Being an incredibly um, accessible quiz master with quiz face that at the mucky duck at 8 p.m on wednesdays is it it is sorry i was like getting quite excited of you just saying the thing i was like ah, ah. but yeah no that is correct yes it is at the mucky duck at 8 p.m every wednesday um and it's two pound per quizzer but yeah. if you are a member of the nhs or a carer and shows your card that proves it uh it's one pound for you because you're awesome do you think i could turn up one week without a team because honestly and just like try and join one because honestly I've been really desperate to join you guys, but no one wants to do it with me. <laughs> well, just... I think everyone's just a bit, everyone's just a bit, either a bit busy or just a bit intimidated by quizzes in general. And I feel like I'm ready to bite the bullet and be brave. Well, you know what? There's two bar staff called Moog and Chuck. So if you bring what you can bring yourself, that's fine. If you manage to bring an extra one, fine. We can sit you and Moog and Chuck, the bar staff. And they would happily help you out with it. But trust me, I'm quite a generous quiz master when it comes to clues. So if you had any issues or anything, I may chuck you a clue or two. So Well, it's December and it is Christmas. It and is. Dean Harrington, just in case you just tuned in, is here to give us a little bit of Christmas cheer. We've had question one. Would you like to take it away with question two? Oh, yeah. So as you know, Christmas uh, or Quizmas, as we would say in the biz, is um, also about food. So I've given you a food question here. This is uh, a nice one for you. Pigs in blankets is sausage wrapped in bacon. Devils on horseback is what wrapped in bacon. And also, angels on horseback is what wrapped in what. Oh, wow. Okay, we're going to have a little bit of a Christmas song while people think about that one. Um, which one should we have? Uh, so here it is. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Everybody's having fun. <laughs> I don't even know what the next line is. Look it's something to the music. Our future, yeah.
you know Slady, there's a all female Slade group and they're oh playing they're playing at the Albert. I no. They, they must be playing very soon. They play, No they always, way. They talk, yeah, Slady, check them out. They're really really I'm nice. totally I've re- I'm writing that down as we speak. I absolutely love that. What's even more hilarious is um last year in Birmingham they hosted a, a Slade um like Comic-Con or such like a Slade conference. So it's just like not 100% like fans of Slade just went in there to look at everything Slade, memorabilia, everything mm-hmm. like that. And Slady mm-hmm. played. What I love is Slade didn't play the Slade conference. It was Slady that came in. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Is it like is it like kind of taking the music and, and giving it giving it some women women energy or oh, or I, is it just exactly the same? I think it's exactly the same with a bit of like oomph on the lady yeah. side. So I think it's really like it's really, really good. And they dress exactly like Slade as well, which is even better. So it's all glammed <laughs> up and they, she's got the big top hat. It's quite hilarious. Oh, I'll see all you listeners there and hopefully I'll see you there as well, Dean. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, well, I forgot time. Literally, I'm getting back to back booked up. And it's just the weirdest stuff. It's like um, my sons, they went to see Santa Claus at the i360. They absolutely loved it. In the actual i360? Yeah, they're doing Santa oh, flights. Wow. And um, they're nearly sold out, actually. But it's, um, it's, yeah, it's really, really good. Oh, amazing. Gosh, you know what? what's going on all over the town it's, you know, we should have you in just to do all the events update <laughs> yeah, let people yeah. know what's going on out yeah. and about it'd be, pretty, it'd be pretty extreme it'd be a mixture of like like hip-hop meets child events <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. i love that buster rhymes is coming to uh the patterns but at the same time if you want to get your kids groove on go to <laughs> Brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I think I have to get you to book in book my calendar up for me because um, I'm gonna. I haven't actually planned anything for December yet. Um, <laughs> oh, I know where to go, and I've got a night with no plans. A rainy day. <laughs> anyway, we should move on. You've you've asked the question number two. Let's get the answer. So yeah, question number two was a food question. Pigs in blankets is sausage wrapped in bacon. Devils on horseback is dried fruit or dates wrapped in bacon. And angels on horseback is oysters wrapped in bacon. <laughs> so, yeah, so dried fruit, oysters, bacon. Sounds like mm. a nightmare. Well, I mean, yeah. if it's all separated, then yeah. But Yeah, my dad makes pigs of blankets for dates. Oh, that's devils on horseback. Yeah, so that'd be devils yeah. on horseback. That's really okay. nice. I love that. But what's I... the horse thing about? Where does the horse come from? I, you know what? I never even looked into that. Because I was just like, I don't know what, what maybe it just sounds a bit more alternative. Because if if somebody went devils wrapped in blankets, it's not as intense. So if you're like, oh, <laughs> devils and horseback. Yeah, yeah all cozy devils in you know, all cozy in their blankets. And then it's like not it's not that equal if you have angels wrapped in blankets. You probably angels would want the same amount. They want to be on horseback too, because you know, why maybe do the devils get on horseback? Is- you know. Yeah, maybe the fruit <laughs> thing is sort of what horses eat or something. Yeah, know. exactly. That is what I call, dear listeners, an educated guess. An educated guess, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Google is the uh, educated guess for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is we it? Um, tap, 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 tap. Oh, the, the yeah. horseback comes from the derivative. Tap, 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 like the tap noise. Yeah. Amazing. Let's move on to question number three because we're running out of time. Yes, so question number three. As we're on three, I'm going to make it a three-parter for you. So if you can make this three A, B, and C, this is what's called Christmas cracker jokes. So it's very, very simple. I'm going to give you the beginning of a joke, but your answer is the punchline. Now, there is separate points for this. Two points, actually, for the correct bang on punchline. 
And the other point is one that isn't the punchline, but it's still a good punchline that you've made up yourself and made somebody giggle. So here we go. 3A. What happened to the man who stole an advent calendar? What happened to the man who stole an advent calendar? 3B. 3B. 3 Three bay. Three bay. It's like in Spain, they call bees um, a bay. A bay. Don't they? A three bay. <laughs> or is that French? I might be French. I mean, it's, it's bay, isn't it? Three bay. A bay. A bay. <laughs> so three bay. Um, so three bay. What is the best Christmas present in the world? So what Ooh. is the best Christmas present in the world? Interesting. So three C. How did Scrooge win the football game? How did Scrooge win the football game think of all the punchlines for those any you get bang on you get two points but if you do one that's funny that isn't the punchline you get un point or one point through while people think about that and mm. hopefully not stress too much because this is only this is meant to be for fun everyone it's not yeah, meant to be nothing's stressful. on the line nothing's on the line <laughs> yeah. you won't get on the naughty list no this is a low risk game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while you're having a little think Dean, got any Christmas songs to um, suggest? Oh, you know what? This song was totally robbed by um, a cover of Tears for Fears, Mad World. I'm going to go for The Darkness, Christmas Time. Don't let the bells end. Amazing. Oh, that's the one that goes, Christmas time. <laughs> yes. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah it's so good. It's just yes, the fact. It's, it's, I just love the fact in the music video, he has a robot. He's just like, you know what? I'm just going to put a robot in there, just doing a vocal like, like me. <laughs> he does whatever he wants, that guy, yeah, doesn't he? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Tell me!
All right, we're back in the back in the room. What a great song! Thank you so much, Dean. Um, what's the answers? We've got a Christmas question number three. So, okay, see how you feel about these jokes. Because bear in mind, the questions were Christmas cracker jokes. I gave you the the follow up, so the actual lead up to the joke, and the answer were the punchlines. So here you go. Don't forget two points if you got it bang on. One point if you just did one that was wasn't the punchline, but it, it was quite funny still. So here we go. So. 3A, uh, what happened to the man who stole the advent calendar? What do you think it was? I have absolutely no idea, Dean. I find it very hard with these things. They're almost like riddles. It kind of makes my brain stop. He got <laughs> he, The answer was he got 25 days. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. See, if my dad was here, I feel like he would have got that. He, I know he'd get it. Bang on. See, dad yeah. joke. This is dad joke central right here. So <laughs> 3B, what is the best Christmas present in the world? I don't know. Go on. <laughs> this is so, it's just so bad. So the, the answer is, sorry. So the answer is a broken drum. You just can't beat it. Ba-dum-tsh. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean a broken drum? That's not a good present. I don't know. Amazing. Oh, goodness. This is, this is <laughs> I like how you did the, the drum sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I should have actually point. made it more active of going ba-dum. Like that or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> really disappointing drought. Yeah. And finally, finally, 3C, how did Scrooge win the football game? I feel like this is going to be something about how he looks out the window and goes, what year is it or something? Well, you're kind of right in terms of it's with keeping with the story, but it's another yeah. character. Oh, I love it. I thought it was to do with Tiny Tim. Nope. One of the um, one of the ghosts yep. of Christmas past. But there you go. The ghost is of it? Christmas past. What is it? What, so I what said, do you mean? So yeah, how did Scrooge win the football game? The ghost of Christmas passed. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I love that. That's my favourite one, I think. Because that's like a bit, it's got extra kind I was, of... Um, I was the same though. I did read it and go, the ghost of Christmas passed. The ghost of Christmas <laughs> passed. The ghost of Christmas Past, right? Okay, Clever, isn't it? Yeah, that's like got it. a bit of extra wit to that one. I like that one. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's actually, I think, surpassing dad joke into like genuine wit. Yeah, you could probably put that on live at the Apollo and get a standing yeah. ovation, probably. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Dean Harrington, we're actually running out of time. Thank you so much for coming on again. You're a real treasure and delight, and I'm so glad that we've met. And I'm very, very grateful for jazzing up the Christmas cheer on Radio Reverb, Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. Thanks, Dean, for your part hard hard work spreading the Christmas joy (laughs) thank you so much no that is absolutely lovely and um, thank you again for having me in the show it's an absolute delight as always Um, all I'd say very quick shout out again lovely family and friends I will also say something to all the quizzes past present and future like the ghost of Christmas past present and future of Scoot can't wait to see you um, uh, in the next quiz which is at Monkey Duck 8pm every Wednesday Um, £2 for normal quizzes and £1 for carers and people at the NHS with proof as well Um, Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas to you all and also very quickly shout out to my core friend the Ladiators um dom olivier and james much love to you um and have a merry christmas and a happy new year is that your core friendship group did you say yeah so you got like a core friendship group where it's just like um we've known each other for ages and the key it... players ah oh, dean it's been so brilliant to have you on thank you so much for bringing some christmas cheer to all the faces and listeners of brighton and the surrounds and this has been billy Elliott's adventure club on radio reverb dean harrington thank you so much 
Thank you so much, Billy. It's been an absolute pleasure. And as um, I said earlier, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Oh, sad times, everyone. That's all we have time for. It always goes so quickly, doesn't it? Well, you know what they say, time flies when you're having fun. And how could you not be with such a fabulous run of guests? What a beautiful bunch of coconuts. Guys, it's Christmas. You have one job, and that's to enjoy it as much as you can. I'm sending all my love your way on this beautiful December day. Have a great season and see you on the other side of the new year. This has been Billy Elliot's Adventure Club on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM. Go forth, adventurers, over and out. Radio Reverb. Making music night and day. 97.2 FM.